welcome back to Techno Babble, the tech discussion podcast. Or science, which is a byproduct of technology. So it counts. It's all part of the big umbrella. Or is, this or is, is technology a byproduct of science? Ooh, we got a chicken and an <laughs> We have a chicken egg thing going on here. Yeah. Let us know in the comments below. What do you think? <laughs> And if you want to know who the hell you'd be directing those comments to, first would be me, Mike King, and second, but not least, is my co-host, Rich Reader. Hey, hey. And this is episode 24. Yes, we're still going. Woohoo! Yeah, we haven't stopped yet. We've got, we got way further than the, uh, the first uh, time around. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, Rich, it's been a while. How you been? Good, good. Uh, you know, just uh, getting the house painted, doing doing some some little projects here and there. You know, working hard, having a, a fun summer, getting ready to uh, go to one of the craziest technology places in the world on uh, the other side of the planet. You? Ooh, what? Did, well, don't just leave us hanging. What the heck? Are you going to E three or what? No, I already told you. I'm going to uh, Abu Dhabi in Dubai. All right. I'm sorry, every time I hear Abu Dhabi, I just think about Garfield mailing Nermal there, and that's it. Nah, nice. That's For awesome. the longest time, I really didn't think that Abu Dhabi existed. <laughs> well, as for me, it's just been a whole lot of podcasting, promoting the podcast, trying to make this my job, which is an awful lot of work for no money, which is... Well, not like the podcast, well... It's a hassle, but I'm in. I think I'm investing in the future. I've been checking out podcasting seminars, trying to get some advice there. Looks like it's going to do well, and we'll find out if there's a lot more people hearing me fuck around like this. <laughs> Fair enough. So, as for our first topic, Rich, uh, you're familiar with Michelin, right? Uh, the tire company? Yeah. Yeah. And how they always have that slogan, like, a lot is riding on your tires. I didn't know that was their slogan, but I have heard it before, yes. Yes. Well, what what you whatever you may have may be riding on slightly different tires in the very near future. Feet tires? No. Oh. But something very Flintstone-esque. Wooden tires. Flintstonian? That's right. Everything is coming back full circle. The original wheels on carriages were made out of wood, and now they're apparently going right back to it. Yeah, that's just weird. They're making a switch to wood to replace rubber to reduce the reliance on oil and to lower production costs and local sourcing. Which kind of makes sense because trees are everywhere and they can be regrown. You know how hard it is to regrow oil? That's... Yes, it takes a very long time, from my understanding. Indeed. So what they're doing is they're boiling wood down and getting the elastomers, because, you know, rubber apparently comes from wood. Like, you've ever heard of the old song, like, But an ant can't move a rubber tree plant, but he's got high hopes. Well, this company has high hopes. Wait, seriously? That's what that lyric is from? Yeah. What? Okay, keep going. <laughs> so this company has high hopes in reducing their 
their eco footprints. And they're doing a lot of work on research on wood in Brazil, where it has a sustainable plantation model, which will also include growing bananas and cocoa alongside the rubber so that people can be self-sufficient in all areas and just and you know make the best use of that land you're literally hitting all of my like my you know eco douchebag horny keywords you said like self-sufficient sustainable eco-friendly like you're getting me so douchebaggy horny right now (laughs) (laughs) like i feel i feel like going and eating some plants right now and telling the world about it well, they still have. In the meantime, there's still. It's. It'll be about 2020. <laughs> it'll be about 2020 before we get to see the first tire that's actually made of wood. Hmm. Now, but, that's that's interesting. And see, when you first said that too, I thought you meant actually made out of wood, not made from, you know, something that has been engineered through a process using wood particles. Which is completely different than saying, hey, we're going to have wood tires again. You know what I mean? So I was a little confused there at first. But this, this is pretty damn cool. Like, I, I, I like the, uh, the sustainability of this. And, I mean, like, we need to definitely be working towards a, a greener world. And uh, if we can, you know, get there by using some, some boiled and, and murdered uh, tree folk, you know, some ent. Isn't that what they're called? The Ents? We're going we're gonna to yeah. murder some Ents and boil them and uh, ride all, all over town on them. And if it was Family Guy, then you'd see a face while he was doing it in the little sidebar. They'd be like, no, <laughs> Peter, every, why did you kill me? And if you get a flat tire, it would just be on the side of the road going like... Ah! <laughs> 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 yes! Yes, exactly. That is exactly what I was picturing. That is amazing. <laughs> so, I don't know. I think this is a pretty damn good idea. And this is a double article because they're not only doing that, creating new wooden tires, they're also creating a way that will extend the life of the current tires you already have. What's the biggest cause of tires being replaced? Uh teenage drivers but what is the direct result of that oh especially and mon- it does less money in does... my pocket oh, fuck the result of teenage people or behaviors like that would be like peeling out of driveways which the end result would be taking no, the tread the cause, not off the your tires yeah okay so you're wearing them down and that's what that's what like gets them to pop or explode, rip, tear. They lose their protection. So what Michelin is doing is it's veering into the 3D printing market where it will be able to print new rubber on your tires so you keep the tires and just like recharge the treads. Hmm. Okay, that's interesting. I'm just trying to picture how that would work because like, well, again, Do, rubber, are they taking a rim and taking three D printer? Are they taking off the old rubber and building a whole new tire around it? Because like, if they're just adding new tread every time, to me, well, I imagine you'd shave it down a bit to some fresh rubber underneath and then build on that. Yes. Okay. Yeah. That that makes more sense. Yes. But 
when you're doing that, since you're adding a new layer on top of it and it's not molded at the same time, is that going to be less structurally, um, uh, you know, strong <laughs> or whatever? Uh, like, is it going to come apart because they weren't, it's not one piece. It's now two pieces, right? Well, Whereas when I you buy a new tire, heated. right? I yeah. suppose if it's heated enough, then it would be bonded to the rubber, so it becomes one piece. That is true, but and not just and not just a weird goofy anime. I'm I I would personally hope, uh, at least you know maybe just for people's uh, peace of mind that they would take the whole old tire and find a way to melt it down into new. 3d printing material you know for rubber 3d printing material and then they would just basically put the rim on the base of the 3d printer or whatever and then it would go ahead and print you a new tire on the rim already and then all you would have to do is just fill it up with air you know what i mean rather than putting just recharging it and putting new layers on top of it to me that doesn't sound as safe but i guess like i'd have to see it in action and stuff like that but that just sounds like not a great idea <laughs> for like because the tire tire the tires of your car are pretty much the most important thing you know what i mean like that is what is keeping you on the ground it's what makes you go forward it what makes you it's it makes you stop it makes you turn like that that your contact points is the most important point of a car because without that contact point without that grip you have nothing <laughs> yeah so if you could get it when it's starting to wear down like, if you notice that your tires are beginning to go bald, is your first instinct to get them replaced right away? Or is your first thought looking towards that little bulge in your pants called your wallet and just thinking, I could I could last a little bit longer with these things, right? You, you, you start thinking of, like, the cost of replacing the tires against, you know, I, I, got, I got some treads. I'll, I'll, I'll be fine. Yeah, well, I, so I feel for like... those people, if you could just, as soon as you notice that the treads are starting to go, and you just be like, I'm going to go over to Midas and just get my tire, get just get my treads retouched. But how much boom. is it going to be to get it retouched versus buying a new tire? How long, how many times can you get it retouched? What's the, the wear on the retouching rubber versus the regular rubber? Because I bet you there's going to be a difference in how it, um, not only in how it grips the road, but also in how it eventually wears down. I would guess well, that the stuff, like when you buy a brand new tire all in one, I would guess that that is going to wear down slower than anything they're going to recharge it. So with that in mind, it almost sounds like this is a new conspiracy of the tire companies just trying to stick it to the man and get more of my money more often well yeah because yeah. Pe well you you look at that recent american tax plan they just think oh yeah we get a little money now so forget forget the cost later like we're, we're saving money now oh and that's yeah, basically that's... the same model here yeah well it's it's all the matter you're, save money now you're, you're you're losing less money now later well that's later's problem yeah We've gone past now. <laughs> when are we going to get back then? Later. <laughs> then. Fuck, I love So I what love they're trying to do. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so they're trying to get it so that a tire a car never loses. It's like what they're trying to do is get a car with a single set of wheels and tires which are then renewed. Yeah. I mean that's, that's a what, that's, that's a great goal. For. 
Yeah, that, and that's an amazing goal. Hopefully we can get there without any conspiracies or anything, you know, too crazy. Plus, we want to get there in a safe manner as well. So, so apparently from what they've said, they can print the treads. They just have to industrialize it so that it's affordable for yeah. all all auto body shots that just have like a tread printer yeah. well, on that's... site and where they don't have to be like, well, we can charge you $700 for a new tire or $300 to print this this other tire. Like, no, well, that's always the issue. Like, like 40 bucks. If you could revitalize your tire for 40 bucks rather than swallowing an $800 charge to replace it well it's not eight hundred dollars for one tire what the fuck are you driving jesus i don't i don't i don't have a car i don't know (laughs) eight hundred dollars for one tire that's like what i pay for all of my tires actually maybe more depending on if there's a sale one tire is anywhere from 80 to 200 dollars on average i would say for one tire depending on the type the brand and sale well, they never mentioned the price point. I was just hypothesizing and shows what I know because I don't know the cost of things I don't buy. <laughs> Sorry to to uh, burst, burst tire. your tire. <laughs> <laughs> so what's that? Uh, you got more? Yes, I do. There's another. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> well, Rich, you've heard of the atomic clocks, right? Uh, yeah, those are the ones that are pretty much always on time and, and keep the exact time perfectly. Well, fuck that old garbage. Now we're getting we're building up to molecular clocks. Molecular clocks. Holy fuck. That sounds crazy. What is that? Well, it's something that MIT researchers have developed recently. It's the first molecular clock on a chip, which uses a constant measurable rotation of molecules exposed to a certain frequency of electromagnetic radiation to help keep time. So this is supposed to significantly improve the accuracy of navigation on smartphones and other consumer devices. So it's not just keeping your time set by also uh, being able to update your position much faster. That means that you can also have a much better margin of error for your GPS. Because have you ever noticed when you're on your GPS, sometimes it'll imagine you're like a block away or you're inside a building? Oh, I love it so much when I'm playing Pokemon Go. Otherwise, I hate it so much. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so you don't even have an atomic clock in your phone. Your smartphone has a less accurate internal clock that relies on three satellite signals to navigate and can still calculate wrong locations. And so because your phone is... Because well, because triangulation is how positions are determined more no, most yes, efficiently. I know that, but I'm just saying like that's interesting because something like a drone with uh, GPS will often use a minimum of six to ten, if not up to like thirteen or more. Well, I imagine your phone, just to preserve battery life, will only be looking for that's a good point. the strongest signals. Yeah, drones which... don't usually last, uh, you know, throughout a, a full workday. <laughs> So that's a good point. <laughs> so they've built an on. So researchers from MIT's Department of Electrical Engineering and Computer Science and Terahertz Integrated Electronics Group, I do not want to have to repeat that group name, have built an on-chip clock that exposes specific molecules, not atoms, to an ultra-high frequency, causing them to spin. 
when the molecular rotation causes maximum energy absorption. Well, maximum energy start. absorption! The only Sorry. thing higher than that. We need to absorb more energy. Get us to ludicrous energy absorption! Ludicrous energy absorption! <laughs> so a periodic output is clocked, in this case, within a second. As with the resonance of atoms, this spin is reliably constant enough that it can serve as a precise timing reference. Now, the reason is, is that molecular clocks average an error in under one microsecond per hour, comparable to miniature atomic clocks, and a 10,000 times more stable than the crystal oscillator clocks that are in smartphones. Damn. Because this clock is fully electronic and doesn't require power-hungry components used to insulate and excite the atoms, hmm. it is manufactured with a low-cost complementary metal oxide semiconductor, or a CMOS, integrated circuit technology used to make all smartphone chips. I wonder if it comes with a continental breakfast, too. <laughs> I heard complimentary, and every time I hear the word complimentary, that's the first thing that comes to my head is continental breakfast. <laughs> and then it's always well, shitty coffee and a muffin. Fuck you can asshole. you can get it at the motel you're able to find because your GPS is working so great on your smartphone. You can find it at the motel, the hotel, and the Holiday Inn. <laughs> and if your girl starts acting up, then you take your friend. Thank you. <laughs> uh, this that sounds really cool, and I mean, we all need more accurate, especially with um, with things like uh, you remember a couple episodes ago when you really pissed me off because uh, we were talking about all the Google stuff. Well, Google did a a street uh, kind of like an AR. I don't. I'm not sure if we talked about it, but it's augmented reality uh, street view direction. So what you would do is you would hold up your phone in front of you, and the camera is open, so you're seeing literally what's in front of you. But at the same time, there would be like some sort of animated character or animated signs and arrows and stuff like that that are showing you where to go. So for that to work properly. Something like this uh, is definitely good. <laughs> oh, yeah, and it can also be used for efficient timekeeping and operations that require precision, but little to no GPS signal, like underwater sensing or battlefield applications. Battlefield Earth. That's weird. And it says, the output of the system is linked to a known number, about 231 gigahertz. Wow. So that's way more than enough to activate the flux capacitor. Flux capacitor. Yes. <laughs> yeah, Not so even going to try and do an impression. Under, yeah. <laughs> so the chip can be used and it consumes only, uh, the chip only consumes 66 milliwatts of power. Now for comparison, common smartphone features such as GPS, your Wi-Fi, and LED lighting consumes hundreds of milliwatts during use. So if you get this timing chip on your phone, then it will not only en enable a much more accurate GPS and also allow for locational things where GPS isn't available. It'll be excellent for triangulation and positioning. And it will also increase the, uh, the life of your phone. Ooh. That's now, always good, especially these days with uh, you know phones being so shitty and all. I'm joking. Phones are better yeah. than they ever are. Now, now, the reason I mentioned underwater sensing, where GPS isn't available, 
In those applications, sonic waves are shot into the ocean floor and then they return to a grid of underwater sensors. In each sensor, an attached atomic clock measures the signal delay to pinpoint the location of, say, oil that's under the ocean floor. Now, this researcher's chip can be a low-power and low-cost alternative to the atomic clock setup. And it can also be used on the battlefield. Since bombs are often remotely triggered on battlefields, soldiers can use that equipment to suppress all signals in the area so the bombs can't be detonated. Hmm. Sweet. That's pretty damn um, amazing. Yeah. <laughs> and last but not least for the miniaturization of technology, well... Lots of people are interested in that, not just some military contractors, but the head of the military contractors, DARPA, the same guys that brought you the internet. They are looking for engineers to submit designs for insect-sized robots that can help in research and rescue after disasters or aid in, aid in inspecting hazardous environments. Wait These will be second. tested for strength, speed, and agility and the cute thing is that they're called short-range independent microbiotic platforms or shrimp and they are to test robots in locations that will be hard for humans or bigger robots to navigate they have interest in robotics of all scales now the development of small-scale robots requires addressing several unique challenges including the area of size and weight constraints and they will be designing and testing new ways to power these robots, as well as new materials that can improve the robot's performance without compromising size or weight. In other words, the less you have to put into a battery, the less these things weigh totally, and the less weight they have, the more things you can tack on useful things for. Hmm. And they're going to be testing their actuator power systems, how far they can jump, how much weight they can lift, how far it can throw an object, and how it fares in tug-of-war. So this thing is going to be cute if we get to see the footage of it. We're going to be seeing tiny robots playing tug-of-war, and it's going to be adorable. <laughs> this seems eerily uh, familiar. I believe you talked about miniature robots uh, a couple episodes ago, didn't you? Yep, but now they're going to be competing with each other. <laughs> I love how excited you said, yes, I did, but they're going to be competing with each other now. <laughs> it's fucking hilarious. Yeah, Suddenly turned into about... like Bobby from Bobby's World or some shit. Yeah, but first we, we saw them before, but now we're oh. going to see them fight each other and it's going to be awesome. That was actually not terrible, although I want to say that maybe that was a little more Skeeter. At the beginning there, that was that was really interesting, man. <laughs> me, 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 me. <laughs> I can only do that for like about three seconds before my vocal cords just decide water. Yeah, that's I I can do a, a raspy Bing Crosby thing sometimes, but yeah, it hurts after like ten seconds. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's uh, that's pretty sweet. So, is there like uh, is there a way that I can like bet? maybe on which mini robot is going to win like what are the odds on them is there going to be like you know i would love to see right at the beginning like, like let's get ready bots. to tumble or something <laughs> yeah we got battle bots <laughs> oh i used to love that show Fuck, that show was great you remember that show Oh, yeah. One of the best, I think, like, one of the best robots they ever had on that show was basically, like, a semi-pyramid with a hammer on it. 
So it just flipped everything it yeah. drove under and then bashed the shit out of it. Yep. I remember that guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It had like a, it, a scoop on the front of it that would come down also as a hammer, right? Yeah. I think they had to disqualify it because it just kept pummeling every other fucking robot on that show. Yeah. They're just I, like, just take the prize money and get the fuck out. Yeah, I totally remember that. It sounds it sounds like what they do to fucking Jeopardy people after a while. <laughs> just take the money and go, asshole. <laughs> Time for somebody else to win, all right? Like, fuck. We, we just, too much good news. Oh, speaking of good news. Good news, everyone. Indeed, there is river pollution. We all fucking hate river pollution. How many people like it? Remember when you could go into a river, but now you can't because you're swallowing fucking microplastics and shit? Yeah. Well, that stuff is now being collected and recycled to make functional, gorgeous, floating public parks. Oh, what? The Recycled Island Foundation has been collecting river from the Maas River in Rotterdam, which is slowly which is slowly losing its name of Rottendam, I assume, and recycling all the garbage into floating islands that not only benefit people, but the aquatic ecosystem on which they drift. For a year and a half, this organization has used litter traps to collect trash from the water it's then been sorted and then recycled into hexagonal platforms which will float on the river's surface but they're not just making walkways for people to step on they're putting stuff in them they're filling the platforms with greenery and plant species so the platforms can benefit larger land critters and offer up shelter and breeding grounds for microorganisms and fish so you can grow human plant stuff on the top and on the bottom you got seaweed, plankton, all that stuff to feed the fishies that aren't sick anymore because you took all the plastic and not, the garbage away. Not to mention it's cleaning them. it's cleaning the water too, right? Because yeah. uh water plants uh like seaweed and and whatever else oxygenate uh, the water. They oxygenate the water and I think they also take some of the pollutants out, don't they? Like some of them kind of filter the water too, right? That's, that's what plants do. Yeah, exactly. So like, fuck, this is an absolutely incredible idea and I wish I had been told about this before we decided on the charities that we donated to for our wedding because this would have been a really cool charity slash project to uh, donate to. Wow. Yeah, so their first recycled park just opened July 4th of this year. And this innovative public space is 1,500 square feet of habitat made from 28 hexagonal platforms. 28 of these platforms were made just by fishing garbage out of this place. Wow. That's craziness. And have you seen this, uh, this, like, a picture of it? Oh, yeah. I've seen, like, the little, uh, the plankton and the, uh, the plants growing underneath that all the fish are feeding on as well as the crops that we're growing on the top. Everybody wins. Yeah, this is really cool. See, the only... Who would, who would have guessed that working with nature instead of against it works? Yeah. But, see, the only problem with something like this for areas, um, like some specific areas, like, say, for instance, Amsterdam, is with all of the, um, like, all of their little canals and whatnot... Yeah, it'd be really cool to have these all over the place, but those canals are already pretty freaking thin. It was hard. Like, I went on a couple tours. Like, it was very close getting by with all the houseboats all over because houseboats are a big thing in Europe because of the uh, lack of space and whatnot. Like, so uh, that would be a little harder. This would obviously be for areas 
you know, that had maybe a big bay or right next to the ocean or lakes or something like that. But this is a really uh, interesting project and I am going to find out more about this project because that's just incredible. I wish we could uh, we could do something like that here in Ottawa for the canal because the oh, canal is like... just disgusting and ugly and drab and like having a couple of these little guys floating in there would rather, really rather than the fish yeah exactly if there <laughs> even are any fish i don't even think there are any fish in in the canal like oh i wouldn't want to swim in that maybe in dow's seen, lake but i have seen asian people fishing in that thing oh yeah i i've seen non-asian people fishing in that thing <laughs> i'll do you one better oh wow that is that is really rare <laughs> like i only see asian people fishing in there and i'm just like dude like how bad is your home country where you think you'll find something to eat here. Like, we have markets. Go to them, for fuck's sakes. Maybe that's what he's uh, fishing for, is to go to the market and sell it. Oh, fuck no. <laughs> that's, uh, the uh, last thing I need is, like, the diesel tilapia. So, does it? did it say uh, when they started? Like, how long it took them to make that? Five years. It took them five years to make that 1,500 square foot. Uh, research area. development and work okay so but how long like i'm i'm wondering if that took five years now that they've done it once how long is it going to take them to make the next one because now that they've already got the research and development part done all they have to do is repeat the process well there it looks like they're beginning work in ambon indonesia Ooh, and ambon. they started that in may of 2018 they're setting up litter traps and if you've seen the video on their webpage, recyclepark.com slash news, you can get to see what the litter traps look like. It's essentially like a little mini ferry mini with a ferry. scoop that pulls all this stuff out of the water and just collects it onto a tray. It's like a little gondola that's, it's like a gondola janitor. Uh, that's hilarious. And it looks like they've even got some cooperation with the Audi Environmental Foundation. So, you know, good on Audi. You know, Audi is uh, um, Volkswagen. So it's really just them trying to get a better name after that whole Dieselgate thing. Well, they're hey, if this is what they're sinking into, then I got to say apology accepted. Well, I guess they're also starting Electrify Canada soon. As part of their... What, what, uh, do they, what do they want to do? Like, Do they want to take like our power cable and like throw it in the lake? No. So what? after Dieselgate, uh, part of what Volkswagen, the Volkswagen Audi group had to do to quote-unquote repay the world, or at least the Americas anyway, was they had to uh, do Electrify America. And that was basically them building... A, a network of electric charging stations all across the United States, uh, you know, the highways and creating a network so that people uh, can actually travel up, around. To make up for killing the electric car for over a century. Okay, well, they didn't specifically do that. It's more to make up for all of the extra uh, toxins, carcinogens, and, you know, carbon and whatnot that they've been putting into the air by lying about stuff but sure if that's the way you want to think oh, about it oh yeah like their emissions yes yeah they're repay they're basically it's it's uh 
you know, to repay for all the emissions that have gone up because they were like, oh, it was only putting out this much a year. And then we found out that it was really like double that. So they basically had to do this Electrify America thing. And now they are starting on Electrify Canada where they I are going like to that. do a very similar thing of putting putting in a lot more uh, charging stations you know, throughout our highway system in Canada, which would be really damn handy because I certainly hope that I myself will have a electric or plug-in electric or um, range-extended hybrid car of some form or another in the next few years. So that would be great for people like me and, and the rest of uh, Canada. Yeah, that's that's what I like whenever a company gets involved in something shady. Rather than giving them like a fine that they can just recover from financially, make them responsible for reparations where they actually negate the harm they've done. That's what I like. Well, it's a lot harder. Retribution. It's a lot harder for them to create this electric network than it is for them just to pay a fine. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, make them do some work. So I, I like that idea. And uh, that is starting fairly shortly, I believe. Uh, although I, I could be wrong because I, I didn't really actually read the article the other day. I just saw it pop up in my news feed and I was like, oh, that's just like the uh, that Electrify America thing that I read about last year. So I'm assuming it's starting fairly soon. But yeah. And speaking of uh, things that are starting soon, or at least being released soon, um, have you at all been keeping an eye on VR at all, my friend? I always thought it was a gimmick, so I kind of like just stepped away from that thing and just waited for it to pop or do something big because I just never had any faith in it. Well, I would sort of agree uh as previously except you kept you kept trying to sell me on vr like when i went to your place before and you're just like look what you can do with this cardboard shit look at look at how amazing that is that's a little different uh (laughs) but that was the beginning of it asshole go fuck yourself um that was a couple years ago now all right like fuck you but the uh surely it's evolved and and grown to immense proportions since then oh well it's definitely grown i mean you have many different companies now i mean like yeah you have google cardboard that that, tiny screen in your face yes yeah essentially but i mean (laughs) you have the you have the obviously the oculus rift which got bought out by uh facebook not too long ago uh the htc vive PlayStation, uh, Sony came out with uh, the PlayStation VR a little while ago as well. And uh, Oculus just came out with a new one called the Go as well. Plus you have uh, Google taking the original Wait, idea it's of called the Go. Yes. They want they want you to do VR while like on the on the Go, like on mo- like while being mobile. I, uh, I believe that's the point. Yes, technically. Although uh, I think it's what, more like you while you're on the bus or, or people or traffic. While you, no, it's while you're on the bus or while you're on the the, the plane or, you know. <laughs> so like, you look like a total goof while you're on the bus with this massive screen block in your eyes and people can, like, pick your pockets and shit. Essentially. Although it could also just be used for, um, you know, I don't know, say a movie. You don't necessarily have to be playing some VR game, man. Like, stop being well, such a cynic, asshole. Why you always go. have to shit all over everything I bring to the table, fuckface? <laughs> Screw you, man. The word, the word go implied a mobility, and I'm just like, mobility while you're blinded. That does not sound good to me. Well, no, it's it's about not being connected to a desk. It's about not being connected to a computer. It's about not being connected to 
a, a power outlet. It's about not being connected. It's about going to your couch, being on the plane, sitting, you know, in your parents' basement for uh, Christmas when you have to go over there and, you know, your whole family's over and everybody's being so fucking loud and nobody will leave you alone and all you want is five fucking minutes so that you can finish the end of the goddamn movie! That's what so it's that, about, Mike. So it's for disappearing into your <gasps> own world while you hide in the bathroom. Always shit over everything I bring to the table. <laughs> but yes. Uh, so anyway, as I was saying, uh, Google has also transformed uh, the so-called piece of shit cardboard uh, into the daydream in recent years as well. So the VR, VR has evolved in a certain respect. And as we previously talked about, I've tried it myself. I've tried the Oculus Rift. I've tried the HTC Vive. I prefer the Vive. They're both incredible, amazing products, and they're both going to keep getting better. They've both added new versions since I've tried tried it as well. Um, however, my main concern now is that there is now a way that you can be a superhero, Mike. Who's your favorite superhero? Ooh. I like Spidey. He's got a great sense of humor. That outfit is cool. Well, you can be Spider-Man in oh, Marvel's... Oh, shit. Redeemed. I love this stuff. Powers United VR. And uh, basically what this is, is it's kind of a first-person view of you taking over the body of up to one of 18 different superheroes. Some of the examples they have are Captain Marvel, Black Panther, Wolverine, Hulk, Spider-Man, Captain America, uh, you know, so on and so forth. There are, uh, like I said, 18, so there's a ton of different people that you can be. Uh, the preview that they released uh, shows some pretty cool visuals, although with any trailer, I tend to just be like, all right, well, what part of this is actually you know, the gameplay and what part of it is just you rendering a video for me to watch. But essentially what it looks like is you just become the superhero. Now, what I'm afraid of is it being on rails and, and you're just standing in one spot, essentially, uh, because I've played a couple of games on VR and... Oh, man, I could just imagine being Spider-Man. Like, if it, you try crawling up a wall and then turning around did to you, look at everything upside down, that would just be so disorienting did you watch the video yet no i like none of the uh things i had had videos on them that i needed you to watch so i didn't watch any of the videos of the things that you sent me well go fuck yourself asshole uh it's um the one for i can uh, see a bunch of kids slash in the garage. gear slash gear the one that says slash gear so you're gonna yeah, want looking at kids playing dr strange or yes Fast forward, okay. fast forward to about a minute and a half. Ooh, yep, Spider-Man shows up at exactly one minute, 30 seconds, buddy. Okay, I'm going to take it to 125 just to ease into that. Ooh, I get to be Wolverine's claw, slashing shit in first-person so perspective. Me they, likey. Ooh, Spider-Man flinging a web. They're showing you moving around, and yeah, like you're you're flinging webs at people, you're tying people up, you're, you're pulling them into you. They're, I see Storm, Black Panther, Hulk, Iceman... Uh, what other? What else was in you there? You say There's that, but lot. it's like they're just walking around, which is which is okay. But they are walking you know. around, but I'm still afraid that it's somehow on on rails. Like it just yeah. seems to me like it's it's going to like 
Oh, Gamora, Hawkeye. Who else do we see here? Iceman, so Star-Lord. All, really all it really changes is the color of the hands in front of you. Well, it, but it also... No, it also changes your powers, right? Yeah. Um, but it just, like, that sounds so cool. To be able to be uh, Captain America or Doctor Strange or Gamora or... You know, like, I'm sure they'll be releasing more later, but, I like, they there must be... Like, I'm sure Deadpool is in there. Like, Cable's probably there. Like, anybody that it's, <laughs> that's in a movie, they probably have the game rights, too. You know what I mean? Because they, I'm pretty sure Marvel just gave away mostly the uh, television and movie rights to those characters, not necessarily the game or comic book rights. So you could see a lot of those characters in there. You could be them. That would be super freaking amazing. I am so excited. I can't wait for this to come out. And... Um, you know, come on to the used market because I'm a cheap fucker. Also, the bundle with the brand new um, Oculus VR system, as well as a copy of Marvel Powers United VR, starts at 399 US dollars, which is uh, a little expensive for sure. Um, yeah. So I don't, you know, and plus you got to make sure that you have a computer that can run that as well, right? They should, they should have it so that, like, if you pre-order now, you get the Thanos version where you only see one hand, you snap, and you win. <laughs> yeah, that would that would be pretty good. The game itself, um, <laughs> if you already have a VR system, the game itself is thirty nine ninety nine US dollars, which I'd say is actually pretty damn good. That's cheaper than a PS4 game. That's cheaper than an Xbox One game, or at least on par with games that have been out for a little while, like Game of the Year editions and stuff like that, right? And it's single user with a co-op mode, but it requires an Oculus Touch controller. So I assume that's like a joystick that you use to uh, those modify are, your position and movements? Yeah, those are the new uh, controllers that they just brought out a little while ago. But did you see the fact that the game clocks in at nearly... 54 gigabytes in total download size. 54 isn't that, gigs. Isn't that an average PS4 game? Probably. I don't know. That just sounds like a lot to me to like, because this is PC, right? Yeah, so I downloaded a game on the PlayStation 4, and that was like 54 but, gigs just for the install, see, for and me, I had the disc. For me, though... It's it's one thing to be like, oh, you know, on my Xbox or on my PS4, I have to download, you know, 50 gigs, 30 gigs, 20 gigs, whatever, because that's just for gaming. But when I have to use up 54 gigs of my PC space, yeah, I get like, it's a little different. You know what I mean? Because like your PC is a little different. You do other things on your PC. You know what yeah, I mean? Especially if you try to keep it nice and cheap with a solid state drive. Those things are expensive. So oh, yeah, you only have like a, a, a 100 gigabyte one just so you can get your operating system in a couple of games. So something like this being 54 gigs, you're just like, let's see now. Do I want to be able to f have my computer function or do I want to be able to play one game on it? Well, exactly. Exactly. And unfortunately, the other uh, kind of sad news about this is that uh vr trends um like vr buying trends sales at least on amazon are like just plummeting uh they're saying <laughs> that uh they're they're not doing well at all uh, i've got an article here where it shows a couple of different graphs over the period of uh december 2017 to 
April of 2018, the PlayStation VR, the Skyrim bundle, went from a ranking of around uh, 22 down now to around 98 in less than a year. The HTC Vive virtual reality system was ranking at about uh, 90 back in March of this year, peaked up to about 50, and then just kept going up and up and up and up and down, up and down, and now it's back down to almost 100. Like, these, it's just not good at all. The the Samsung Gear VR, which is uh, your style, I'm actually kind of surprised you haven't gotten one yet, considering you can buy them on, like, used for, like, $30, $40. Or uh, I can just keep renting my PlayStation 4 games for a reasonable fee. Okay, this is completely different things, man. Like, it's uh, just well, different. My You're not... Time my time spent on gaming can be put on those things. Yeah, then then you don't have anything new to bring to the table for Technobabble. Anyway. Well, if you want me to bring something new to the table and you want to uh, have us be able to afford some of these tech gizmos ourselves for reviews, maybe unboxing videos or something, uh, we'll tell you how to do that at the end of the show. <laughs> uh, so the Samsung Gear VR went Spoiler from a rating... Alert, it's a Patreon. Went from a rating of uh, around, like, whoa, God, like six back when they uh, debuted the newest version of it. Um, and within a couple of months was at 100. Like, VR is just not doing well. The, even the Oculus Go sales rankings. The Oculus Go was just released a few months ago, Mike. Back in, I think it was like April or May. Started yeah, can you explain off why in... these numbers seem to go up as they go down? Like, 10 is at the top, 90 is at the bottom. Wouldn't 90 be at the top, like, to specify? No, because 90 is bad. What? Because these are uh, sales rankings, so you're ranking in the top 10, right? Or uh, the, or in the, or in okay. the top 90. I was just thinking, like, oh, we only sold 90 million units instead of 10 million units. Our sales have gone down, up. Yeah, no, it's 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 I was expecting this graph to be inverted. Yeah, it's 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 just the way that they do it because it's, it's Amazon, so but uh it's sad. Like even the Oculus Go that just came out went in a mere matter of 2 months from May 6th to the beginning of July went from a ranking of 7 to off of the charts, not even on the top 100 anymore. Um mm -hmm. and that's really sad. However, it's really good for people like me who want to get one of these in about a year and be able to play all of these cool things like that Star Trek thing that came out a little while ago. Did you hear about that, Mike, where you get to be um, a Star Trek captain on the captain of a Star Trek vessel? It's going to be so amazing when I play it. Oh, my God. I remember the Star Wars thing where basically you stand still and things slide up to you and you can whack them with your lightsaber. Yes, that also sounded really cool. Although I think that was uh, – didn't they also have like a – a version of that for the uh, gear as well, the gear VR. Are you talking about that dancing video one, or we're still talking about the thing where you just stand still and you slash things with a lightsaber? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Didn't they have a version of that for the uh, Samsung Gear VR? Uh, you're the VR guy. <laughs> I I only anyway. see videos I pass over. Anyway, uh, I think that 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 sucks, but I also feel that that has a lot to do with. Like, the, it's going to come around. People are going to enjoy VR eventually. But the problem is, is our expectation of VR at this point is too high for where the technology is, right? And on top of that, 
you can't wear these big things for that long. It's going to hurt your neck after a while. It's going to hurt your eyes after a while. So people can't, like, even a hardcore VR gamer is only going to be gaming for a few hours a day, you know, like, in healthfully speaking. I'm sure there are people who are gaming longer than that, but that's probably terrible for them. But you know what yeah. I mean? Like, it, it probably gets fatiguing after, you know, two, three, four hours a day, anything more than that. It's probably not good for you, and it probably would feel terrible, right? So you can't do hardcore gaming. So we have to figure out what type of experiences work best with this and then cater certain intellectual properties around that and and then slip that into specific niches to take advantage of consumers so that we can grow this product into something larger. Yeah, I think it may need to be integrated more into uh, modern life. Like, like it could use some good press like that doctor who uh, a year or two ago used 3D printing and Google Cardboard combined to operate on a baby on a plane. Yes, exactly. To take pictures, send it to another doctor, and then using Google Cardboard, he was able to uh, diagnose and operate on the kid, and then they were able to uh, land the plane with... Or I don't know if it was on a plane or something else. Or maybe it was someone else who did that. But yeah, so using Google Cardboard, he was able to uh, get another doctor from like halfway across the country to like perform the operation through him. Hmm. So yeah, see, they need more shit like that. Exactly. If you get good press like that, then boom. Yeah, exactly. So they and but it's just I feel like it's just a matter of time. Uh, The Oculus Go did uh did a lot for the system as far as being more lightweight uh there's another new one coming out shortly uh i forget the name of it but uh it's going to be again you know lighter thinner smaller you know less douchey looking uh and they will continue to get better every time and eventually they will get to a point where you know it's not going to be that bad to wear it for a couple hours it's only going to weigh a couple grams or a couple ounces and then at that point it's going to be a lot more fun also i feel like the the controls need to be uh still you know like they need to evolve a little bit more because it's hard to be in a vr world and not necessarily want to walk around a lot so unless we're going to get something from like fucking ready player one where you're sitting on a you know, uh, what is it, concave or no, con- convex uh, convex treadmill or something that you can walk 360 degrees around. You know what I mean? Like we need different controllers until something like that is more readily available to consumers. Have you seen that new show on Netflix, which is basically Ready Player One? No, I'm intrigued. What? I forget what, are you what talking it's about? called. I keep seeing it when I'm uh, cruising Netflix. It's about this girl who... Uh, it's about this girl with her uh it's balancing between her real life and her virtual life as she puts on these goggles and enters this like shared virtual cyberspace thing are you talking are you talking about uh reboot please don't tell me you're talking about reboot no i think it's called kiss me kiss me or kiss me first kiss me it's called a romantic sci-fi thriller for the vr generation oh interesting it invites comparisons to Ready Player One. Oh, there's a review for it. It combines the worst of Ready Player One, Black Mirror, and Internet Culture. Oh, great. So none of the things I like. So, well, that's one person's review. 
True. I'm still going to try it out. That sounds pretty cool. Meanwhile, um, an entirely different site says it has an unusually personal take on gamer culture. So I guess it all depends on your view. Oh, But well, anyway, yeah. if you if you liked Ready Player One and thought, I would love to see a series of it, congratulations. It's on Netflix and it's called Kiss Me First. Well, at least they're not um, calling it Kiss Me Second. Because that's just weird. Um, and speaking of second chances, <laughs> or uh, sloppy seconds, or... Yeah, I'm just going to leave it there. Uh, so, I believe it was the last episode where I talked about my drone kind of taking a dive into a lake on Canada Day, Mike. Oh, yes, and on a thrilling cliffhanger where you left it in a rice bag. Yes. And was awaiting its possible resurrection. And it has been resurrected. Woo! It works perfectly fine. The uh, The video that was on there was still on there. Because uh, it recorded until its dying moments, pretty much. Unfortunately, uh, it actually stopped recording before its dying moment. Uh, so I was really hoping that it would record the video right down until just before <laughs> it hit the, the water, water or like when it hit the water. I thought that would have been hilarious to like see everybody's faces be like, no. <laughs> uh, but it's it did not. getting cold, Dave. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh, but it, it survived. I am so surprised that it survived. It worked. I Richard, tested it out. Richard. What? Richard, give me your answer, do. Daryl. I'm half cruise. Strawberry. <laughs> Daryl. <laughs> uh, but yeah. Quit, it... quit heckling him. Ah, oh, he's a professional. He can handle it. Then <laughs> it just has a close up of him. Yeah. So great. <laughs> I love the Simpsons, talking Simpsons also. Uh, but I'm I'm very happy that it survived. Uh, so now I get to try and play around with it a little more. I cannot wait to get my hands on a Mac and use some easy-to-use ed- uh, video editing software one of these days and try and make some cool cool little you know mini films and trailers or whatever, like uh, just some interesting little videos out of it. So, yeah. Glad to have my drone back. It totally works now. I'm super excited uh, for the rest of the summer. Maybe even bring it to uh, Dubai or, and um, Abu Dhabi with me. We shall see. Also, just got my Pixel back today. Super excited about that. I had to send away my uh, my Pixel 2 XL for repairs. I sent it away on Friday after work. Gave it to them at 5 p.m., on Monday at 4.59 p.m., I got the notification that they had sent a replacement out. And then I just picked it up today, which is Wednesday. And uh, yeah, pretty damn quick, Google. Gotta say, uh, definitely worth getting a Pixel. I think that's just about it for this episode. So, uh, you know, if you want to... Let us know how you feel about the episode. You can swing on by to our Facebook group, or sorry, Facebook page, rather, Mm -hmm. (laughs) uh, for Geek Fallout Productions. Uh, Let us know what you thought of the episode. You can always uh, post links, memes, videos, uh, you know, hate hate mail to Mike is also acceptable completely, but (laughs) none for me. Um, My ego can't handle it, Uh, quite frankly, really. Uh, you can also check us out on Twitter 
at Geek Fallout. Uh, we don't really go on there very often, but that's because uh, nobody, you know, we don't really talk to anybody on Twitter. So, you know, if you want to talk that. to us, we'll be there. We pay attention to it. It's just nobody ever really ats us or talks to us. So we're there. Uh, you can also check out our Patreon at uh, patreon.com slash geek fallout and uh, you know give us a little support if you like what we're doing um, you know if not that's not a big deal you know what's more important than giving us uh, patreon money giving us even a dollar even the price of a cup of coffee helps us out and what's more important than that is an iTunes review sharing us please Tell your friends about us. Share us on social media and give us a review on iTunes. Rate and review. That is the most important thing you can possibly do to help us spread the techno word. So I've been Richard for episode 24 of Techno Babble. Mike, Mike. What, uh, what, what do you got going on before we uh, you know, shut off all the lights? Well, if you like scary movies told in a hilarious way, you can listen to the Graveyard Shift Horror with Sheldon and Mike podcast, where me and Sheldon Brown will review horror movies. We'll talk about the good, the bad, and things that just make us say, what the fuck? And we will also do, on uh, most occasions, a nice, hilarious, fake deleted scene from the movie, which will either explain a plot point or just have like a... uh, a hidden conversation with the directors and writers in their justification for why the movie took a certain direction. And you can also, if you will also love old technology like Nintendos, then you can hear me and other friends talk about Nintendo Power Magazine and play Nintendo era games. Nintendo Entertainment System era games. The Wait, NES. Not- you guys play them on Playing with Power? Yes, we are on our secondary show, The Taste Test. Oh, I thought that was going to be a whole nother plug because I don't, you've got so many plugs. It's just like, it's like an extension cord. You, you're a fucking power brick of shows here, buddy. Jesus, just plug after plug after plug. I'm productive. <laughs> so, Taste Test. What uh, what have you guys done lately? Uh, we've what's, done what's Ninja Gaiden. We've, oh, we've done... Uh... Darkwing Duck, we covered that recently. Oh, I we, love Darkwing Duck. I think you'll like our skit in the beginning, which shows why Shush has to rely on Darkwing Duck rather than any of its other agents. Oh. You'll enjoy that skit. I will. Because we also do a ton of skits on the taste test. Every one has a nice introductory skit to explain what's going on in the game or sets up the events of the game. We've also recently done uh, Link... Or Link, uh, Legend of Zelda 2, The Adventure of Link. Ooh. And we will be uh, covering other games very soon, like Star Tropics. Nice. So yes. if you want to hear us goof on old Nintendo games and compare them to food because it's called the Taste Test, then you can check out the Playing With Power podcast feed. You can hear us talk about Nintendo Power or Nintendo games. Either way, we got you covered. Sweet. All right. Well... Uh, I guess that uh, ends our episode, and uh, we'll check you guys next time. It is now safe to power off your device. Thank you.
Ooh. Oh, am I supposed to stop? 